Even worse, if we need a different vaccine for the future to combat a new variant, we're not going to have enough money to purchase it. We cannot allow that to happen. Congress, we need to secure additional supply now. Now. It, it is all very confusing. And, and yes, I do think that we need to focus on whether it's your first booster or your second booster. We need boosters. That's the bottom line. Maybe that's the best takeaway is that what we learned about Omicron is that we need that booster to give us the protection for severe disease against Omicron. So the president of the United States speaking about boosters, everything else. I just don't even care about this topic anymore. I don't even care enough to talk about it. I don't care enough to go into the headlines every single day about another variant. I just I just don't care. I don't care. Because it's over. We're all over it. People are dealing with other ser- more serious issues now. I just don't care enough to talk about it. I don't. Welcome to the show, the radio show. The video is second. It's not a TV show first. It's a radio show. And then the simulcast is you just happen to see the video. I'm Dana Lash. It's good to be with you today. Thank God it's Thursday. First week post-operation, medically necessary surgery. We've got a number of things to go into today, including the latest with energy. Because the situation with uh, gas prices, and we've talked about this before, the president has said he's going to release, guys, he's going to solve the problem. once. This is, I think, the third time, I believe, is it not, that he's released... uh, barrels from our strategic reserves i think it's the third time so he's doing it again and it's only going to give us maybe like a day and a half maybe again that's it so this came out he this was something they because they were wrestling about how are they going to really it's poll driven let's be real inflation and so yesterday evening uh the first bits of the of the plan came out they were going to release a million barrels of oil but they're going to do it once at one time uh uh once a day for maybe uh a couple of months we don't even have like serious details about this and the the thing that that makes me so mad about it is that releasing oh my gosh siri just die the thing that makes me the angriest of seriously like why i don't even say anything i don't even address this I, if i say siri find my phone this stupid b doesn't do a thing doesn't find my phone worst bit it's just it's just junk vanity technology is all it is i i'm gonna put a regular watch back on because i hate the stupid apple watch so my whole point back to my point is that this was this came yesterday evening and apparently the Strategic Petroleum Reserve's current page was saying that the they they weren't even able they weren't even online yesterday. They were saying that the inventory was about five hundred and ninety three million barrels. So, if he actually does release, you know, like a million a day for what a month or so, a couple of months, but that's you're looking at upwards of two hundred million barrels. That's your that's like oh is that not a over a third if it's at eight if it's at uh, like almost well let's just say 600 million and if you're going through over 200 million barrels i mean you're basically essentially looking at a third of our entire strategic petroleum reserve which is stupid to do because you it's dumb because we could just drill we've said this before until i feel like it's like red meat stupid stuff that you hear at rallies over and over again honest to god i hate it 
seriously like every we we say it's because it never gets done so you just end up saying it every single day and it becomes rally fodder do you know what i mean by that i hate stupid i sidebar this is why i don't listen to talk radio because i hate it and i think everybody else sucks except me because it's the same everybody goes to this they all look at the same stuff nobody reads anything i know all these people that are in the business they all have their people read their stuff for them if they're not ghost writing their editorials and then they go and they all that's why they all they all say the exact same thing it's and it all sounds like a rally where everyone says the same thing does it not everybody's ever all their stuff sounds the same everybody sounds the same these talk i could sit here and just go on with this and it sounds the same nothing's changed what's changed Nothing, except we're going to be a third shorter on our strategic petroleum reserve. This is stupid. Why would we do this? Well, I mean, wait, on how to solve it, that, because it's going to be just the same thing we've always been saying. Well, yeah, I have an idea on how to solve it, but I have an idea why he's doing it. I mean, if you think about this, six, yes. six months from now will put us essentially in October. What month is the election you mean November? Yeah. So then the entire month of October, they can brag about how they did everything they could to bring down these gas prices. So that's exactly that's exactly the strategy here. This it's no more it's an election year. They don't care about the fact you're paying more for gas. It's an election year. That's what they care about. But it's but the but my point is that it's not going to decrease the price of gas by all that much. No, it isn't. But so, it, remember so that DCCC chart a few yes, months back? Yes. Yeah, they'll brag about two cents. They will brag about that. But I, I think that's like really overestimating the power of people's stupidity. I, I mean, I believe that people are by and large stupid. Uh, but I do. My, I put myself in, I mean, we're all horrible creatures. I mean, there's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good thing God is good because we could have gotten somebody like me. Uh, <laughs> just saying. But two cents. It's not going to do jack squat. It's not going to do anything. I mean, we're not looking. That that seems like just such a gamble. Also, I'm one of those people. I don't know if it's because I grew up poor. And so I have like this prepper mentality all the time. You know what I mean? Like every, anybody who's grown up with nothing, you know what I'm talking about. You have this prepper mentality all the time. I, I mean, my oldest son was like, mom, you've got to stop with the foil. And I've been doing this since I was a teenager. I would not throw away foil. No joke. Depending on if it was a big piece of foil, I will wash it right the hell off. And I will, re- I, that's me. I am wild like that. And there's just certain, when you grow up poor, there's certain things that you just, you develop certain behaviors. And so you have this mentality all the time that you want to be prepared, right? You want to make sure that you have enough in case X, Y, Z happens. And I feel, it's just like going through I just look at the strategic petroleum reserve that's your savings that's your savings right that's your bank account that's your savings you're going to go blow through a third of your savings when you could just go out and do the work when you could go out and do the work of of drilling and fracking and ABC you could just go do all of it and instead we're gonna we're just gonna roll through our savings it's like living off of credit that's how I view it and it makes me nervous because what happens I'm just saying we always hear about these like alien headlines. What happens? I'm just saying. If aliens come and attack us, could happen. I mean, I hope it does. But I'm just, you know, what What if? And then we have no, or what if there's, heaven forbid, everybody decides to get froggy and we have like an EMP or something. 
What if? What if something happens where, I don't know, just imagine some kind of, you know, catastrophic something and the very thing for which our strategic petroleum reserves, the very thing for which it exists, we can't rely on it because we blew through a third of it because President, you know, Irish stuttering McUnity up there, he's an embarrassment to the Irish, because this guy doesn't want to, he would rather sacrifice our national security for a political look. That makes me real nervous and it makes me a little, little slightly, little, you know, a little, little sassy about it. I'm a little sassy about it. So that's just, I've got, I've got, I've got some issues. We got this and we also have a few other things to hit too because the, the Disney fallout's continuing. So apparently now, you have, um, oh, what's his face? I just pulled this up. So you have Disney CEO Bob Iger. And he was talking about parents, uh, the rights, the parental rights and education law. And he, he said, uh, it's, you know, it's not about politics. It's about what's right and what's wrong. And it seems wrong. It seems potentially harmful to the kids. Why do all, again, I, I think I'm just going to assume you're a pedophile if you're defending it at this point. Yeah, go ahead, play this, because I just can't, why, this old dude is weighing in about everybody else's kids. Listen. A lot of these issues are not necessarily political. It's about right and wrong. So I happen to feel, and I tweeted an opinion about the don't say gay bill in Florida. To me, it wasn't politics. It was what is right and what is wrong. And that just seemed wrong. It seemed potentially harmful to kids. How is it harmful to kids? I, I'm just, I'm curious. So have you guys seen that book, the book that one of the, well, it was the book that was in the Keller library that I mentioned this the other day. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a Florida school. It was a school based in Texas that I was talking about yesterday that I had said such in my comments yesterday. It was Keller ISD and it was a book called Gender Queer. And, it, and, and this book apparently is in like a ton of different libraries across the United States. And this book I mean, I can't even, I can't show, I, I, somebody got sassy with me in uh, the comments on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I go in the comments on Facebook every now and then when I have the ability and the temperament. And someone was like, well, I don't know, I just don't, you know, are we going to burn books now? And I just posted a photo of one dude with another, going down on another dude right there. And I'm like, hey, so you tell me what academic discipline does this support when it concerns 12-year-olds? Go ahead, groomer. What? Tell me what this supports. Well, I'm just saying it was a 12-year-old in this case that accessed that book, and that's what blew all this stuff up, well, at least in Texas. But in Virginia, there's, there are, I mean, that's just one title. There are tons of these, uh, tons of titles like this where you have either graphic, graphic descriptions of intercourse, and they're in books for high schoolers and junior high schoolers. And whether it's Fairfax, Virginia, I mean, I've seen it everywhere from Texas, Missouri, uh, Virginia, you know, elsewhere. It's been in a ton of places. And parents are really upset. They're like, why are these books, why are they recommended reading? Why are they in our kids' libraries? This is a problem. And it is because I'm just, this, it's, it, it's gratuitous. I mean, there's legit, especially some of these books, it's all about, I mean, it's, it's smut. I don't know how else to, when, when people are making me sound, when, when people are making me sound like a Quaker, Y'all better just stop for a second and like take inventory. 
for real, because I am a free speech purist and I've I'm the one who's, you know, I've never I'm I never had to worry about what my kids watched. Of course, I know what they watched and what they listened to and all of that stuff. But I, I'm not like um, I'm not a stuffy parent. And when I'm putting the skids on, damn, you better be really like your antenna should be up. Because and it does go far. I, I didn't I never heard back. If you go into the Facebook comments, it's from one of the live videos. I think Leon Panetta was in the description. I dropped those images in there and I don't, I didn't, I mean, by the time I went to bed, that dude never said anything, but I'm like, do you, you, are you really going to pretend that this stuff is not happening? These images aren't, I want to know what Bob Iger says about the dude going down on another dude. What in that book, because that's one of the books that's being contested and that parents wanted to have knowledge of being in their children's libraries. And now Disney's saying that corporations should have more of a rights than parents do when it comes to their children and what they read. So I want Bob Iger. Oh my gosh. God love the person who confronts Bob Iger with these images and demands that Bob Iger explain what academic discipline that supports. I want to see the color drain from his face. We got a lot more to get into, including some of the latest of some foreign policy and more. It's going to be energy and gender. And and I'm going to we're going to hit on the uh, Judge Kentanji Brown thing today, too, as well. If you're listening to my show, then I know that you believe it's your right to keep and bear arms. More than 100 million Americans identify as firearm owners, and in 2021, there were more than 3 million new gun owners in the United States. Silencer Shop is the number one source for suppressors in the U.S. They're a Texas-based company founded in 2010 with a focus on outstanding customer service. Dedication to customers are just one of the reasons that they're ranked 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and that's over 25,000 thousand reviews. They had one core belief that guns don't have to be loud. The silencer shop kiosk makes the NFA process easy for your suppressor, SBR, or any NFA item that you'd form for. By tapping into silencer shop for your ATF eForm 4, you'll get your can in your hands faster than ever and expect to get it within 90 days. Check out YouTube and Instagram at silencer shop or visit silencershop.com and you'll experience silencer ownership simplified. Don't forget to check out their apparel as well. That's silencer Shop.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So apparently one day after they, I guess, what is it? One day after they launched CNN Plus, now they're laying everybody off. Literally the day after, Charles Gasparano said, breaking CNN Plus employees bracing for layoffs, possibly as soon as May amid projections of lackluster sales of new streaming channels. CNN employees say new streaming channel could be merged into larger Discovery Plus as early as May unless subscriptions pick up. So it's literally, well, now counting today, it is two days old. And it's already failing. They decide, because not everybody can stream. I get it that everybody has like the tools to, but it doesn't mean that yours that you should. It's basically a YouTube comment section that's you know pre that's repackaged as news and analysis. I guess I don't know. Two days old, and I love my favorite thing. I don't have time, but my favorite thing are all the people who work at CNN Plus who that are on Twitter saying, "No, no, no, it's not dead yet, guys." Hardest hit, Chris Wallace, guys. Hardest hit, Chris Wallace. Pentagon believes that Putin is being misled by his advisors and generals. I kind of have a thinking that this is sort of a psyop of weak one to force Putin's hand into doing something, you know, although it but then it could be true because everything's weird and stupid. 
Uh, apparently, the report is that Putin's being informed, misinformed by his advisors about just how heinously, horribly the Russian military is performing and how the Russian economy, economy is basically being downgraded into junk bond status. And he's not entirely aware of it. I mean, there could be some truth in it, and it also could be a way to force the guy's hand. We'll expound on this coming up. Stick with us. Much of the media does not cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how Kamala Harris's unpopularity could affect her chances to be Joe Biden's successor. With inflation being the highest it's been in four decades, it could take years to get back to normal. And the White House had to explain Biden's speech from his appearance in Poland, where he called for, quote, regime change in Russia. So don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily No Chit Chat podcast to hear me expose and dissect the news of the day. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, You are an inspiration to many, right? Uh, You are breaking barriers. And um, it's important, though, for us, I think, for everyone to understand kind of what motivates you, right? What keeps you, what inspires you, what keeps you motivated? You know, what really keeps me motivated is the people that are going to come after us. Some people have called me a trailblazer in some of the things that I do, and that's something I really embrace. Because what that means is that it's not about me. It's about the fact that the road behind me is now paved. And the generation coming after us has an easier chance to make it to where I've made it, to make it where so many others have made it. But then they've got the time and the energy to go further. So that's our Air Force that tweeted that out. Welcome back to the show. I'm I'm Dana Lash, but what the hell? (laughs) Where are we? What's going on? Good to be with you. Thursday, folks, first hour of the show. So... Apparently today is hashtag trans day of vulnerability. And as Kane knows, I've never felt more vulnerable on a global foreign policy scale than when the United States Air Force tweeted this video out. They tweeted, today is trans day of visibility. Check out Under Secretary of Air, it's the uh, Under Secretary of the Air Force, uh, talk with Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram the highest-ranking openly transgender Department of Defense officer, about his role, I don't do pronouns, and the Deputy Chief of Acquisitions, Policies, and Process Division for the Space Force, uh, for Space Force. And it's this guy who, he's got a ponytail and a baby, like the little snap barrette right behind his ear, and I feel like I'm, it's like a, a Robin Williams, it just, I got uh, Mrs. Doubtfire feelings here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just telling you what this is. This is our Air Force. Our Air Force tweeted this. I mean, my first thought was: Is he taking a women's a woman's spot? Is he is he like taking a woman's? Is he disenfranchising a woman for the spot? But also, um, we're gonna die. Uh, I mean, and you've seen how poorly trained the Russian military is. I mean, this is, I just retweeted it. I said, you have one job. This is not a serious military outfit. You have one job. I love the whole happy women's month. Here's a guy taking your place, women. Because that's exactly what they, that's what they did. 
Oh my gosh. So the problem with this, and I, I think it's a mental issue. I don't know, and as Kane notes, how does this benefit us in, in the battlefield? What does this have to do with military preparedness? Thank you. What, what is it? I'm tired of being gaslit by dudes who are like, look at me womaning. It's, it's, this is not, you know, live action role playing, guys. We're, this is a military in- institution. I'm going to say for the last time, because I don't have to pay the penance, the, any kind of indulgence like this before speaking an opinion. I don't care. I don't, I don't care enough. I, this is going to sound horrible. I don't care enough about other people to care about what they do in their private lives, right? When it affects me, then, and, and, and steps on my rights, then I'm, or, my military preparedness, then I get a little unnerved. You know what I mean? When it tries to control, when people try to control my speech and everything else, then I get a little perturbed. I'm just, this has nothing to do with military preparedness. The, the, the Air Force has one job and one job only. The Air Force's job is not to go around and be like, tell us, you're a dude who, who identifies as a chick and tell me like what, you know, how does that mean? Like you're such an inspiration. What is that? It's that, shut up, nobody cares. What are you going to do if you have the Chinese that establishes naval dominance in the Pacific? How is the Air Force going to help out with that? Those are the questions that I want to hear. I want to hear questions pertaining to what it is that you were created to do. And if what it is that you were created to do is no longer a useful service for you, then shut you the hell down. You have one job. The military is not a social experiment. It is the most discriminative entity from any country that has ever existed on the planet. I know, I feel like this is what the second time in two months that I've mentioned that example in 300. You know, when you had uh, the story of the uh, the 300 Spartans and they were going to defend against Xerxes and, you know, all of this and... and <sighs> There was the one particular scene, and it was before the Battle of Thermopylae. Uh, it was the one particular scene, and I can't, I'm trying to remember the, the guy's name, when the uh, one Spartan, the deformed Spartan, uh, Leonidas encountered um, Fatalis, I think is his name. I'm not going to remember his name. Anyway, he was a Spartan because Spartans had this, and I'm using this as a, a larger illustrate, you know, illustrative point. Spartans, they were pretty hardcore, and if there was any sort of deformed infants among them, they actually, you know, the story was they'd get rid of them. And one Spartan who was born deformed, his parents uh, had mercy on him, and they fled Sparta. They fled Sparta so that he wouldn't die. And so he returns and he approaches Leonidas. And this isn't just in the movie; this is according to history. And he he begs Leonidas to join. He wants to join. Uh, the Leonidas's military because he wants to redeem his father's name. And in the film, uh, Leonidas is asking him, you know, he's saying, okay, hold up your shield and, you know, uh, hold it as high as you can. And um, if uh, the, the, well, the one, the Spartan, if Adelaide, I think his name is, he can't hold it up very high and there's certain moves that he can't do. There's certain moves he can do just as well as anyone else, but there are other moves that he just because of his physical uh, limitations he cannot 
And, you know, Leonidas, Leonidas is not unsympathetic to him. Leonidas is not without empathy for this individual, but Leonidas has a job. And despite the sympathy and the empathy and the compassion that Leonidas feels for Fatalis here, he can't risk the safety and security of 300 other men just to entertain this. It is a very clinical way of thinking. And that is why that's the kind of thinking that we're supposed to have in our military. Because... Our military, not only they are not only protecting themselves, they are protecting everyone else. And in the Constitution of the United States, that ultimately is the only job of the government. So Leonidas tells him, we cannot use you. He, he offers him, he says, you can clear the field of the dead. But it's not the job that this particular, that Ephedales, that he wants and then it becomes Leonidas is not the person to be angry with. Ephedales is the person to become angry with. And I know I'm butchering his name, but you get the idea. He's the person to become angry with because it becomes about ego with him. He wants to exalt himself. He does not want to serve. He wants to exalt himself. He wants to exalt himself at, by risking the safety and security of the other people with whom he would serve. So this doesn't become about some grand gesture of service, of selflessness. The selflessness would be the people who risk opening up a weak spot in their company by admitting him. And that is why Leonidas turns him away. He said, we are strong because every single person has the other guy's shoulder and back. And when you don't, that creates a weak spot that threatens the whole. But that doesn't matter at all whatsoever. At all whatsoever to Ephidales. It does not matter to him. He is personally aggrieved because he wanted to be satisfied. He wanted his demand. He wanted the glory of serving with Leonidas. And he dressed up his egotistical demand in the gauze of virtue and service and sacrifice. But Leonidas saw through it. And so, what does Ephidales do? He betrays Leonidas to the Persians and takes them on a an unknown goat path and he betrays his entire homeland. And now the battle of Thermopylae is history. These people who tried to dress up their egotistical asks in some virtuous gauze of, Oh no, it's about my service and it's about my sacrifice and my selflessness. That by itself is the first betrayal. It's not just a betrayal of truth, but it's a betrayal of the people with whom you claim to the want to serve. And it's a betrayal of the people you claim that you're serving. I see this video from the U.S. Air Force and I ask, 
How does being confused about something as basic as your gender help us in a situ in, in a battle of of in a military battle in a, in a fight in a war? How does being unsure of who and what you are the most basic concept that everyone learns before they walk out of their house for the first time in their lives? How does how how does that help us in a military engagement? Because in a military engagement, there is little room for nuance and there's, li- there's no room for error. And it's about logic and might and intellect. It is not about this is the place to make my stand and show you who I am. In the military, whether it is the United States, be it the UK, be it anywhere, You are supposed to be stripped of every identifier. You are broken. You're put through boot camp or whatever initial training of your branch, and you are broken so that you may be rebuilt and refashioned as part of the whole. It is a discriminatory process that the weak cannot abide. If you can't meet this physical limit, you are out. If you cannot meet this intellectual limit, you are out. It is not because people lack empathy or sympathy. But I would argue for the people who find that offensive, I argue they they lack empathy or sympathy for the people that these organizations are designed to protect. You are broken down and rebuilt as part of a whole. You are part of of a fighting force. No one gives a rat's ass what your favorite color is. No one cares what music you like. No one cares who you go to bed with. Can you fight? Can you do your job? Can you have your other service members back? If you can do these things. And you can do it well. Then you can be part of the greatest fighting force in the world. And now what we see here, during a time of upheaval, during a time when the United States' economic power is waning, we have instability in the Pacific, we have instability in Europe, we have instability in the Middle East, during the time that we least need something like this, here you have the United States Air Force tweeting out, Well, here is a man in a ponytail with a barrette holding his bangs using a Mrs. Doubtfire vocal affectation talking about how he's a trailblazer because he's confused about his gender and somehow this is supposed to make you feel better about the United States Air Force and their capability to defend us in a time of war or uncertainty. I have sympathy and empathy for people But that dissipates when they believe that their claim victim status means that they are not obligated to have empathy or sympathy for anyone else. When they view empathy and sympathy as a one-way street to which they have no expectations to reciprocate at all whatsoever. And when you, because of your egotistical self-celebration, Want to jeopardize the safety and security of the whole? You are the bad guy, not us. 
If you're listening to my show, then I know that you believe it's your right to keep and bear arms. More than 100 million Americans identify as firearm owners, and in 2021, there were more than 3 million new gun owners in the United States. Silencer Shop is the number one source for suppressors in the U.S. They're a Texas-based company founded in 2010 with a focus on outstanding customer service. Dedication to customers are just one of the reasons that they're ranked 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and that's over 25,000 reviews. They had one core belief that guns don't have to be loud. The silencer shop kiosk makes the NFA process easy for your suppressor, SBR, or any NFA item that you'd form for. By tapping into silencer shop for your ATF e-form 4, you'll get your can in your hands faster than ever and expect to get it within 90 days. Check out YouTube and Instagram at silencer shop or visit silencershop.com and you'll experience silencer ownership simplified. Don't forget to check out their apparel as well. That's silencer shop.com red meat black coffee truth telling the dana show Wilson. Did they move another, another location where they're taking after there any more locations than this one? There might be so many people out here. Nothing is going to happen anymore today. Uh, so that's Maxine Waters, who went out, literally went out to where a bunch of homeless people are and screamed at them, everybody go home, y'all go home. They're homeless, Maxie. They're homeless. Where are they going to go? Man, is that not just some limousine liberal, you know what? Going out and telling a bunch of homeless people go home. That's what they, I'm surprised she didn't drive by in like a Land Rover and roll down the tinted window. Go home. Now, okay, I got to say something. Like I'm watching one of these homeless women who's out here and she has uh, lash extensions and they are on fire. Like not literally, like it's a compliment. You are not homeless if you have nice looking lash extensions like that. Uh, no, girl. No, you don't. No, you can't. I've had enough people in makeup rooms stick stuff on me, so I know exactly what I'm looking at. That looks like mink. That looks like mink extensions. Girl, you are not homeless if you have lash extensions that fine. You are not. We got a lot more to get into. You don't want to miss second hour of the show coming up. Didn't think you were going to hear about that, did you? No, you didn't. The end of 2021 saw inflation rise by almost 7% in just one month. And that means in 30 days, your dollar became 93 cents. This year, the stock market has been dangerously volatile. Gold provides a hedge against inflation, which is why you should trust legacy precious metals for investing in gold and silver. Inflation isn't slowing down. It's escalating. Trust legacy precious metals to give you unbiased counsel based on your personal situation. It's time to be proactive and take steps to protect yourself. Legacy precious metals will advise you on all of your options, whether that's rolling your existing retirement account into a gold IRA or whether that's holding physical metals directly in your home. Speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. The number is 866-580-2088 or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Protect your family's wealth with Legacy Precious Metals. Call 866-580-2088 or visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. We also recognize 
just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Um, well, okay. First off, welcome back. It's the second hour of our show. I'm your curmudgeonly lovable cynic, Dana Lash. This Thursday, we've almost made it through the week. That was the vice president of the United States. I, I'm with you. We didn't mess up the audio. I, at first I was like, I wasn't really fully paying attention and I just thought I missed something. And I, I, I was like, I had checked out for like three seconds into it. And then as I listened, I only grew more confused. It's, I don't know what, what? Kane, what did, so the issue presented is. Yeah, the economic issue. The, it's economic. What? Yeah, the economic issue uh, that they're dealing with. They're going to help Jamaica with COVID and the economy. Such as maps. I wasn't quite sure what I was listening to. She is just horrible. How lucky are we that we got two people who can't talk running the country? We are the damn luckiest nation on earth, guys. Neither of them can talk. Can you imagine? Wind both of them up and have them have a conversation with each other. Because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such, such as. as and- everywhere like as such as. It's amazing. I, she actually made more sense than Kamala Harris does on, a, on her best day. It's like uh, listening to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden talk is like listening to any dialogue in the lighthouse. Have you seen that movie? Worst movie ever made. I've never made it through the end. I, it's weird and I don't. I was like, oh, it looks like noir. Okay, I'm, I'm into it. No, it's not. It's weird. It has what's his face and then the guy who is Robert Pattinson and the, the other guy, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Golly, has I mean the great. Don't I'm not like throwing shade on that king. I'm just saying, you know. But their their dialogue is is insane. The dialogue in this movie is insane. Like it sounds like that, such as like maps, such as on purpose. So I don't, I don't know what we heard. She's in Jamaica. Is she high? Possible. She like gets some organic herb or something like what happened we got a few things to excuse me to discuss ladies and gents the president's going to release all the oil in our oil reserves no not all of it only a third what is it a billion a day something i don't know i I stopped caring i don't care what why why even care anymore jeez everything is stupid we have our air force not working on military preparedness and instead talking about dudes as chicks and then the Kamala, Kamala Harris is in Jamaica confusing Jamaicans. They don't even know. She looks confused, too. Dave, you, you can stop the video at any point, and she looks terrified. Yeah. You can tell. She, they give you, <clears throat> excuse me, they give you briefing materials. 
when you are uh, an elected leader, you get briefing materials. That's one of the things your staff does. So they give her briefing materials. You can tell she does not look at any of this stuff. She just kind of, well, for Jamaica, such as one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way its impact has been the pandemic, we will assist such as Jamaica in COVID recovery by assisting like in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been assist- like, what are you saying? She, all she had to do is, is say, you know what, Jamaica, Jamaica got hit by the COVID and tourism suffered. Things suck for them right now. Hi, we're here to help. That's all she had to say. Such as maps. And she didn't have to do the whole, she didn't have to go that route. She could have just said something obvious. She had a word quota, it sounded like. Cheebus. Does she have to say X amount of words a day? Is that why everything she's, I mean, I've never heard anybody take so long to say nothing. That's all she had to say. Well, for Jamaica, it's been presented as an issue that is economic in the way its impact has been uh, the pandemic. Okay, so all you got to do is say they have economic troubles right now. That's all you got to do. We will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been assent- just you're going to help. Why do you need everything else? All right, so a couple other things. So the Oscars made a statement. The Oscar people, I think they're all a bunch of pansies. BAFTA, the British people, said, you know what? If this would have happened at the BAFTAs, we would have handled it quite differently. Sarah Putt, chair of BAFTAs, television committee and deputy chair of BAFTA, when asked, Kane, what BAFTA would do, if BAFTA was put in a similar situation, they'd said that Mr. Smith would be removed from the ceremony and he would not be able to physically collect his award. The fact that they let him sit in the chair and then go up and get his award. I watched this video yesterday of Chris Rock on stage trying to finish his job. And he looked... I don't want to speak for Chris Rock, but in my estimation, maybe the, you know, it was just a quick out of context video, but he looked awkward for a little bit. I'm not used to Chris Rock looking awkward. And so I felt bad for him and it made me mad. I felt bad for him and it, and it, it made me, it made me, it made me mad. Did you see that video? Yeah. Yeah, I I did too. This I was like, well, I was watching this video and he just was kind of standing there on the side. Who was it that came up like Questlove? Yeah, I think something so. like that. And he was standing there, kind of like looking back and forth, and and uh, like he had to hand an award to someone, and he just looked awkward. And I felt I wanted to beat the hell out of Will Smith after that. Right. It made me so mad. He looked all skittish, like he was expecting another attack. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, it well, like he was, ex- but but it it made me it made me mad because I thought Jada Smith and Will Smith are some of the most entitled snots I've ever seen. No joke. I mean, she was sitting here telling everybody about her alopecia on her whatever the hell table show she has because she's not doing movies anymore. I'm just so done with this. I'm so done with this stuff. It just was just sickening. But then this headline came out. Apparently, the what is it? The president of the Oscars came out and said that they told Will Smith to leave, and he said no. I mean, that's yeah. He said no, and then it went on anyway. I think that the Oscars are a bunch of uh, sisses. They should have dragged his ass out. Um, and I think that he, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I still think charges should have been filed. And I think that Will Smith is a weak beta male. And his if he doesn't want people making jokes about them, maybe they shouldn't whore out the fact that they cheat on each other all the time. They sold themselves out. Over and over again. Jada's got to get them clicks. So they go out and she sits here and talks about how, you know, she was sleeping around with her son's friend. And her husband apparently, I think, had a problem with him. Then he started cheating too. And they have all these issues with their marriage. And everyone's like, well, there's a lot of pressure onto the Oscars. You know, shut up. It's a self-audulation game. Whatever. If you want to play that, you know what it takes to get... You have to... How many butts you got to kiss... I all of these little poor me people that are millionaires and they I just they, they use that as a way to excuse their bad behavior that they justify at the time with they're untouchable. He laughed at the joke until Jada got her feelings hurt. I liked what Ricky Gervais had said. He did um he w- did some stand up the other night at Highgate in London and he goes, "No, I wouldn't have made a joke about her hair. I would have made a joke about her boyfriends." He's a gem. He's an absolute gem. Now, Chris Rock did a, uh, he did, had a performance in Boston last night. Everybody's, everybody's asking him about stuff. And he's like, look, I don't have any material right now on this. He's going to. I don't know. It just was weird. I watched that video of him afterwards and he just looked so, he looked like he got shook for a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I just there, there's there was no there's no excuse. I, there's no I don't I don't buy the whole he was stressed. I don't buy any of that stuff. You know what? You want to talk about being in a big room and being under stress? I was in a room where people were screaming "burn her," and it was an auditorium full of thousands of people. So STFU. I don't buy that for one second. It's a lame. It's a horrible excuse. All right. So a couple of things. To. Still hit on. We've got the border, which is going to be a disaster here coming up. What is it? May 23rd. Border Patrol is getting ready for Title 42. We're going to talk to a congressman out of Arizona, Andy Biggs, about this coming up. Title 42 has been at the I mean, this is we've been dealing with this since the onset of the pandemic. And so now this is like the last enforcement tool I think that agents really have. And it was Title 42 was about the ability of Border Patrol to be able to expel people who were caught crossing the border illegally so that holding facilities don't become overcrowded and people don't spread the virus to each other and to the agents. And so people were like, oh, well, 
the people who have no idea how asylum works, they go, well, Title 42, it denies people the chance to claim asylum. That's not how you claim asylum anyway. You go to uh, the embassy and you can and you file for asylum that way. This is so stupid. You don't just run to the border and that's not that's not how this works. And so they said that it hadn't been applied to children and families that are coming over with children. So apparently, what is it? I think in May is when it's going to, they're going to, they're going to get rid of it. They're going to drop it. Can you imagine what's going to happen at the border then? We're going to talk with Andy Biggs about that here coming up. While the media and political class are obsessed with supporting anything and everything that's outside of America, it's important that we focus on our country, our families, and the businesses which need your support. And this is why I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same powers as the major carriers, so you get the same great nationwide coverage. Plus, you also get peace of mind that your money is supporting your right to free speech. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. More importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responders. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make the switch today. Support a company that shares your values. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Madison Cawthorn said, finally admitted apparently to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy that his claim that senior lawmakers were using cocaine and having orgies and inviting him to those, that he exaggerated and it wasn't true. And I'm like, okay, well, you can't, if something's not true, they're one or the other. I'm not, a, I'm not a Cawthorn fan. I feel like he does more to increase his clout than he does to actually do anything with... He doesn't... What, what legislation has he proposed? Has he co-authored a bill? He's 26 years old. I just don't think that he has enough maturity to be in his position. I really don't. I mean, get mad at me all you want to, but... I mean, I just really would like for... I like my lawmakers to make the news because of great bills that they have authored and how hard they fight for voters, not this stuff. Uh, let's see. Moving on. This, uh, apparently eating avocado, I knew this. Why is this a big thing? Eating an avocado twice a week cuts the risk of heart disease by a fifth, according to a study. And it's also good fats, right? It was published in the Journal of American Heart Association. They looked at 70, well, 68,000 women, 41,000 men, and they watched them uh, and their diets every, uh, for every four years over a 30-year period. And they identified a link between healthy fats and heart health. So if you, those who ate avocado frequently, slashed their risks of coronary heart disease by 21%. So everyone who is tired of hearing the guacamole is extra, you know what? You, that's fine. That's, you know, it can be extra. Guacamole is extra. Nobody cares. Give me all the guacamole. And you know what? You feel good about getting that guacamole. Get extra, extra guacamole too, because it's good for you. See, look at that. All good things. So uh, the world's first space hotel is set to open in 2027 with activities that you can't do on Earth. It is the, it's going to open its doors 2027. The Orbital Assembly released plans for the accommodation around three years ago. And I always think that the renderings look way nicer than it's going to be, right? 
24 modules connected by elevator shafts to make up a rotating wheel simulating gravity towards the edges. It's been named Voyager Station. It's being built by the Orbital Assembly Corporation. And they focused on, they focus, the company focuses on gravity enabled structures. They're going to start unveiling it within the next couple of years. They said you're going to be able to jump higher and lift things and run in ways that you can on Earth. So you're going, I mean, I, okay. When I heard activities, I assumed like playing volleyball with aliens or something. Not, you can just jump higher. Whoopity doo I can go to a place here in Texas where they, they can simulate anti-gravity and I can do the same thing. Because you know it's going to, they don't talk about cost. And when they don't talk about cost, you know what that means. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be super expensive. The uh, rising food prices could spell social unrest everywhere, according to a couple of places, including I'm not a fan, but Bloomberg. They're also going to change the way people eat. It could change the way people eat. Like for some of the vulnerable societies like Yemen, 90% of its food is imported. Andy Biggs next. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. We are planning for uh, multiple contingencies, and we have every expectation that when the CDC ultimately decides it's appropriate to lift Title 42, there will be an influx of people to the border. We also recognize just hmm. as... So that was White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield. When the CDC decides it's time to, it's appropriate to lift Title 42, what does that mean? Why does the CDC get to make this determination? It's the law that makes this determination. Welcome back to the program. I'm Dana Lash. Good to be with you. We were going to have Congressman Andy Biggs, but his staff apparently, I'm going to be frank, they don't know the difference between time zones. So just as it is what it is. So they messed up. So he's not going to be on with us this hour. Uh, But this from Kate Bedingfield, the CDC's involvement, whether or not they're going to lift Title 42 I would think, you know what, you know how you would have less of a problem at the border and with uh, the crowding at the uh, detention facilities and that? By just not accommodating people who cross illegally in any way and sending them back. That's the fastest, that's the best way. Then you wouldn't have to worry about any kind of Title 42. You would not, that would not be a a concern. You would, there, you've problem solved. It's going to get bad. It's apparently going to get it's it's going to get bad there. The first there's a big caravan that's already been reported. One big caravan's already headed there, and DHS knows what's going to happen. What is it? May twenty third. That's what I heard. I think that's a tentative date for when the policy is going to be terminated. But I heard it was May twenty third, and so there the first caravan. There's hundreds of of migrants that apparently are leaving. Uh, Mexico today they're going to stop in Mexico City and then they're going to be up at the U.S. border DHS is trying to figure out how to deal with this because the entry requirements you're going to have to and the resources required for this I'm telling you what you know if they were actually crossing into the Mexico southern border it would be a lot different lot different i mean that's people respond when when the the administration said that we're going to have an open border and we're going to be suspending laws of the land what do you think is going to happen 
I just it, and it's not the, the, the this open border uh, request from all of these people on the left, these people who demand open borders. The United States apparently is the only country I've said this before in the world that is not afforded its own the respect of its own sovereign borders. Dominican Republic, their immigration is cr- incredibly strict. Everybody's like, yeah, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Turks and Caicos, all of these other places, their immigration is so much stricter than the United States. We have friends who live in Dominican Republic and they were like, United States is crazy. <laughs> so they're like, they're crazy because you it, and, and you know what message it sends to and I um, and my friend was making this point to me. And this is when we saw them the last time we were down fishing in the in the Caribbean or in the West Indies. And they were saying, it sends this signal. Like we respect our country and our resources enough. And it doesn't matter how small the landmass is or how big it is. The point is that we respect our resources and our land enough to demand that people enter in an organized orderly fashion and we, re- we retain the right to say, no, there's too much at this time. You can't come in. Or no, we don't have the resources to deal with this at the time. You can't come in. And my friend had made the remark that the, po- the, way, that it is, the way that it is projected from the U.S. now is that, oh, no, we just don't really care. Just come in. And, you know, it's like a house party. You know, it's like you're inviting everybody to a house party. You don't care how people come in. You don't even know who's all, you know, if it's your parents. You don't know, know who's all there. I thought that was interesting, though, because it with in talking to our friends, they were like, it's it's it very much about a respect and appreciation of our resources and making sure that we are able to sustain and manage without overburdening any one aspect of our, whether it's our ecosystem or our government structure, that we're not overburdening anything. And that makes all the sense in the world. Turks and Caicos, if you wanted to become a, a, a citizen of Turks and Caicos, it's pretty much not going to happen, even if you pay off their government. I read a piece that, what is it? I don't know how true it is. It was speculative, but there were uh, like some of these, there were, there were um, reports that in the past, like Russian oligarchs who were friends of people like Roman Abramovich were trying to gain citizenship. And they were pretty much like, yeah, even if you did donate like a billion dollars, still probably not going to happen. That's pretty insane. Whenever we go fishing there, we always have to pass his uh, house that he owns on one on grace bay it's on uh grace bay beach we always have to it's a massive structure and apparently uh he had to the amount of money that he had to donate in order to even and he had to actually size it down um even after donating that amount of money i mean people are gonna they're just they're just not gonna be bought off or they will but then they're gonna make it hard on you but when they were telling us this i was like well that's and we had heard that before too from people about how people think that they can come in and buy citizenship like a Turks Turks and Caicos and that and and they were saying it's 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 impossible it is absolutely impossible and they're like you know what and it's good it's good for a reason because 
you know, we are, a, a, you know, we're a small chain of islands, and we have X amount of resources, and we have, you know, uh, th- this is how big our economy is. And to jolt anything that much, because we're not going to be selective, and we're not going to be limiting on who we have come in and who we don't. That's, that's not servicing the citizens of the country. And it made all the sense in the world. Now, if you say that in the United States, you're a racist. Or what is it? You're xenophobic. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. No one thinks that, that, and granted, there are criminals that do absolutely exploit this, and they hide amongst people who are just using this as their one shot to get across. This goes back to the argument that we had just with the 300 with, uh, and the story of Leonidas and Thermopylae. You can have empathy and sympathy for people, but at the same time, law and order must prevail. Because if you don't have, you, you, you have to have empathy and sympathy also for other people that the law and order protects and was designed to protect. And that's a big thing. And for the people who complain so loudly, well, you're turning, you know, you're turning away this or family units or whatever. Do you realize what you're doing to family units by advertising this lawless open border system? You're, you're making it an industry for drug cartels to get into the habit of human trafficking in addition to drug trafficking. I will never forget some of the stories that I heard. One of the worst stories I ever heard. And my jaw was on the floor. I was sitting at, when I was down there with um, KURV, I went and I was visiting with some KURV folks. And one of the border chiefs down there, we went to have a bite to eat, right? Um, Had a book event, went to have a, had a bite to eat. And he showed me actual photos that he had taken. And the story made headlines, but none of the photos were seen. I saw the photos. And it was in August, really hot time down there in Rio Grande Valley. And Border Patrol had been out. They had simultaneously dealt with a group of minors uh, that had been that had come across. And normally... What they explain is that a group of people will come across and then they get, they just turn themselves in. And as Border Patrol is dealing with that, that is the time a little bit later, you know, down the river that drug traffickers will use to get a shipment across. They want to get, they want to distract Border Patrol. And so they were dealing with all of this. Well, they just, you know, had happened to have like a couple of other agents, something about training. I'm remembering the full story. Anyway, long story short, uh, they had a drug deal and they um, ended up, uh, which they ended up busting actually a, a week later because they were getting ready to sell it. That that made the news. It was in like a, what is it, a Walmart parking lot or something. They busted something, DHS did. But when Border Patrol was out and they were trying to make sure that they had, they had found all of the drops, um, one of the agents... And he only saw it because there was a, a glint in the tall grass because it's real brushy in that part of the in that part of the Rio Grande. It's really brushy. It's a steep hill. It's not like some of the other parts of the Rio where people can just like walk across and real thick. And he got out of his uh, SUV and he walks over and it was a wheelchair. And this was on one of the previously more trafficked parts of the bank and before people had gone to a different part of the river, it was a wheelchair. What had happened is coyotes 
in the midst of, you know, these, this other group of miners coming up and then, you know, uh, this, you know, drug, this drug drop happening, someone had taken a, uh, minor, I think the, I think the age was 14 or 15, uh, paraplegic child threw him on the riverbank and threw his wheelchair on the riverbank left. And I saw the photos of it. it was I've never it you if you had not told me with the the sincerity and these agents were like on the verge of tears just telling me the story and these are big dudes they're big dudes also by the way something else that the border that people who complain about the border don't like to discuss they're also mod, predominantly Hispanic border agents are predominantly Hispanic and these were these were big guys these were tough border agents. You know, these dudes were, were, they worked out, they were, you know, getting lumps in their throat and their voices are getting shaky and they're sitting here telling me some of this stuff and, and um, they were all telling me the, the worst days on the job because that's what I had asked. And when the chief pulled out his phone and was showing me the photos, I was like, we have to take photos for and make a files for all of this. And I just couldn't believe it. Thrown there in the grass, wheelchair there. And this child had already been there for a few hours. This was later on in the day because the group of miners that came across was, was late morning and then the drug drops and all that. Oh my gosh. And they, you know, obviously they get the child, they get his, they get his wheelchair and they take him to a, um, one, of the faci- one of the detention facilities where they have medical care there. And then they have a lot of doctors in the area that volunteer their time in the hopes that their hospitals don't become overrun. And, and it, I mean, it was just, it was just unbelievable um, that the way that that happened. I mean, they were, they had tears in their eyes and their, their throats were, I mean, they had a lump in their throat. You could hear it. And the one she was like, that's, that was my worst day on the job. And he's like, all the people who sit here and talk about having border uh, enforcement is so cruel. This is what they're creating. And they don't even realize how many of these stories exist. He's like, there's, he goes, people wouldn't believe me. I'm just, where's the compassion? That's what these people are creating. And no, notice, none of these people, when, when has AOC ever gone to the border again? You ain't never seen that broad at the border. She never went back to the border. She never went back. She's not there helping helping out in any of the facilities. You know, I will say this. Um, I went down there to write about the conditions the first time I went down there, and I went down there with Glenn Beck, and Glenn got a lot of criticism from people who were criticizing him because they were competitors with him, and they wanted to try to take him down a notch. Oh, yeah, this happens on the conservative side, too. So they were lying and all this stuff. I watched him write a seven-figure check to border patrol so that border patrol did not have to use their own money to buy. Di- I watched him write the check and hand it to the guy who showed, uh, who worked with the chief that showed me the photo. I, that was like late years later, everybody was writing all this stuff about what he did. They don't know what he did. He actually went down there and he wrote a check himself, his own personal check to border patrol. And then he wrote a check to this group of um, citizens down there they were doctors trying to make sure that their hospitals weren't overrun. And this was the time that the government was trying to use the overflow 
as a way to have more government resource down there. And there were people who were working with their own time and volunteer hours to prevent that from happening. And he wrote a check to them so to prevent them um, from having to have more government involvement, which meant less border enforcement, too. And so that they would have supplies for their medical trucks and that so the, the hospital rooms down there wouldn't be overrun. People wrote so much BS and lies about that. A lot of conservatives did who aren't real conservatives. They're grifters. Um, I, and I never forget those people who wrote about that either. Never will. A lot of them come to me asking for favors later, and I've turned every one of them down. Uh, so that's what really happened with all that down there. This is going to be bad. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Uh, well, this woman did not like being told to not panhandle. Jeez. This is in Escambia County. A woman was charged with setting a Circle K clerk on fire. What? Betty McFadden, age 30, was told to not panhandle outside of the Circle K, according to Escambia County Sheriff's Office. So she was like, all right. So she went and brought back a gas can, doused the clerk in gas, threw a match on said clerk, and set said clerk on fire. Another employee was burned trying to save the clerk. So now she's got to panhandle in jail because she's not going to be going anywhere else. Good heavens. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I, jeez, oh there's so many of these. I can't read this one. Um, not going to read that one either. Some of you people sending me this stuff. Even Kane every now and then. Man, some of the stuff that you put in there. I'm just saying. So, look, this seems like, you know, wholesome. Can't believe I'm saying this. This is Tampa Free Press. A Florida man runs out of gas in a stolen car while fleeing the police. And he was totally arrested. He's got his cap on backwards and his photo from the scene. He's clearly saying WTF. Uh, Santiago Lemus, 37, driving a stolen vehicle. He tried to hide by parking behind the gas station. Didn't work. Stick with us. But some companies have been pretty blunt. They don't want to increase supply because Putin's price hike means higher profits. One CEO even acknowledged that they don't care if the price of a barrel of oil goes to $200 a barrel. They're not going to step up the production. I say enough. Enough of lavishing excessive profits on investors and payouts and buybacks when the American people are watching. The world is watching. U.S. oil companies made nearly $80 billion in profit last year. And this year, those profits are expected to continue to soar. This is the time, not the time, to sit on record profits. It's time to step up for the good of your country, the good of the world, to invest in immediate production that we need to respond to Vladimir Putin, to provide some relief for your customers, non-investors and executives. Look, I'm a capitalist. I have no problem no, with corporations not. turning to good profit. But yes, companies have an obligation that goes beyond just their shareholders. Kane's mad. Hell yeah. He's going to go break stuff. Hell yeah. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable cynic. And uh, that was the president of the United States on, he, you know, because he's using, what gets me, he's using war powers to 
release oil from the strategic reserve instead of just like domestic and and instead of just like domestic production and he wants to use war powers for like green stuff green energy that did you read all about that the uh the batteries etc kane you're mad i gotta come in i wish i could tell you i can't even tell you what he said he's like he immediately was yelling you because that wasn't the one that you were reacting to you hate that soundbite oh yeah i hate that soundbite because he's so disingenuous but the campaign trail Several different times he was talking about how he's going to end either subsidies or stop oil and gas use altogether. I mean, we have the audio. It's not like it doesn't exist out mm. there. So, yeah, it, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah, he's, and he's invoking the Defense Production Act for electric vehicle battery materials. So I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't know why he's using war powers for this. I mean, you could just ramp up again domestic oil and gas production. Instead of sacrificing national security and lower energy prices at the altar of the income redistribution screen scheme that they call climate change, which is, you know, the theory that lacks anything near a consensus in the scientific community. But, but I digress. So, hmm. Whew. You're going to want to sign up for my newsletter over at Chapter and Verse. Definitely. Because we're going to be writing up. I'll be be covering all of this stuff 180 million barrels uh oil slid 180 million barrels this release this is not good the idiots releasing all the oil all he has to do is just get out of the way and let oil companies drill like they did with trump i mean the reserve is for emergencies this is like the rainy day fund Jeez. He's just going to Leroy Jenkins us right out of any kind of energy independence, isn't he? Golly. Meanwhile, can we just real quick check over at what Kamala is doing? Uh, she's in uh, Audio Sunday 3. She's in Jamaica talking about the economy. Let's just We also in. recognize, just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, oh, the, 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 the issue of Look, public health, but also the economy. Vice President of Doesn't Read Our Briefing Materials, all you got to do is say Jamaica got hit because of the pandemic and their tourism suffered it through their economy in Waloop. Uh, so we're here to help. That's all I got to say. Thanks. That's it. That's all I got to say. Uh, today in old white ladies opposing black justices. Audio sound by 20 Kane. Yeah. Do you agree with members of your caucus who are saying that Clarence Thomas should resign? I don't think he should have ever been appointed, so let me take it back up there. Uh, the, uh, I do, thank you for your question. I'm not going to go to that, but I do w will say that uh, in our H.R. 1, our bill to have cleaner government, we have a call for uh, the Supreme Court to have a code of ethics. They have no code of ethics. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Code of ethics. What? She just. Why does that old lady hate black justices so much? I don't get it. Just <sighs> now, uh, let's also 
go to uh, let's go back to Biden audio somebody 17 because it's what is it someday before I don't know what the hell oh well I need to tell you first off before we go to Biden because it's trans something day visibility this the US Air Force remember last hour when I told you they tweeted out this it I just it, I had Mrs. Doubtfire vibes with it and they were talking about this is the highest ranking openly transgender department. Or we, go bet and listen to the podcast. I'm not going to relitigate it. But they deleted that tweet because they were getting ratioed. And then they deleted it and retweeted it. And now they're getting ratioed again. Y'all can delete it as many times as you want to, but it's, you know. Maybe the, maybe the reason that our military branches are obsessed with tweeting out this stuff is a reason... You know, it, maybe this is why we ended up losing in a scrabble against Afghanistan to a bunch of people who harvest opium, herd, you know, tribal factions that herd goats and literally have a killing season. Just saying. Now, Beto tweeted out a picture of himself. Uh, he tweeted out a picture of himself wearing a T-shirt saying, don't. Some what is it? Say? Hang on, I gotta go look at it. I am too. It's too far down my timeline. Uh, because it's the trans something day. Oh, uh, it was the Texas flag, and it says "Don't mess with trans kids." Good God! Yeah, it's on screen now. Yeah. What in Cheeto hell is happening with his mouth? I can't get past that. You know he's not Hispanic just by looking at that mouth. Look at that. Jiminy Christmas. Look at that. It's that's I'm sorry, but that's those are some Irish teeth, sir. I can say this because I got some Irish ancestry. I can say that. Kane, um, he comes for money. Like he's a rich kid who's never had. He never worked. He's never worked. He his daddy had money and his wife's daddy has money. So he came for money and he married money. He doesn't work. And he does this stuff. He's, th- he's Texas's Eric Greitens. Except he uh, he'd actually didn't tie up a lady in his basement. Uh, but the teeth, can we just, I mean, what in the corn on the cob hell? Yeah, let's, uh, let's zoom in on the if teeth. He, I, he comes for money and he purposely, <laughs> they, he just does. Juan's about to put it on screen and it just... I can't. Look. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. People who are watching the simulcast. Oh, man. He made it full screen. I had to see this. You guys have to, too. I mean, dude, that's corn. Or as some of my ancestors would call it, maize. Kane, what in the world? He comes for money. He can fix this. You know why he doesn't? He wants to. It's poor chic because he wants to LARP about that he's of the common person. Common people don't have teeth like this. My gosh, my mom would have sold one of her legs if my mouth looked like that. Looks like he put his own guitar picks up there. No. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Today is going to be the day that I don't go back to the dentist. I just think if you're going to be putting selfies up like that, you know, fix that. Or just don't open your mouth. He for, Is he going to still come take our guns? Is he going to try to claw him back like a giant he walked, like, jaundiced he beaver out of our back. hands? <laughs> don't I? My stitches hurt. This sucks. Oh my gosh, I can't deal with this. <laughs> Guys, this boy. 
Oh my gosh, this is so bad. I'm trying so hard not to laugh. I can't help it. Oh my gosh. I just think, you know, fix it. You know what I'm saying? I don't get why liberal ladies like this. Why do they sit here and act like he's hot? Like when 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 um we had voting day and we were all like going in and voting, there were some of these middle-aged uh progressive women that were pretending to make out with his cardboard cutout. That's nasty. But seriously, is he going to try to claw our guns out of our hands with that grill? Good grief. I do want some roasted corn, though. I'd like some street corn. That would be great. It's delicious. It's so delicious. There's a restaurant that started offering it just like, you know, as a side with every meal. I'm like, that's how you do business. Whew. Anyway, so there's that. <laughs> you had to see it. I did, so you had to. I was going to play this audio from Joe Biden, audio soundbite 17. Let's finally get to it after that whole mess. The onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. What's up? What did he say? I, I just zoned out because of those damn teeth. That it's last thing. Bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work. Committed to advancing transgender equality. Um, where is there not equality? I'm so tired of this. Where's there not equality? I mean, you know, there's not one. Coming up, one of the things we're going to discuss, speaking of this whole issue, because I think this is just as important as in all the shady stuff that they were trying to do with the uh, non-vaccine, the therapeutic injection and all this. But, uh, and additionally, you know, the hunter about all of this stuff. This is, I mean, this is some serious culturally impacting stuff. But the judge in the SCOTUS decision, uh, Judge Kentanji Jackson-Brown, uh, Brown-Jackson, yes, right? Yeah, Judge Jackson. So there are a lot of reasons why I think people sensibly oppose her. I think she's probably going to get confirmed anyway. I don't think she should. And I think that every Democrat should be asked on the record, how do you feel about supporting a judge Maybe Title IX, I mean, there's a really good chance Title IX could be fought, come before Supreme Court. There's a whole question of Roe v. Wade being repealed, or not repealed, but overturned, rather. There are a number of other issues as it pertains to the female sex that are going to be coming up before the Supreme Court. So I think Democrats should be asked on record how they feel about nominating a justice to the Supreme Court or confirming a justice to the Supreme Court who isn't smart enough to know what a woman is. I actually think that she's smart enough. I think she's too much of a coward to say it. We're going to talk about this here on The Way You Don't Want to Miss. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So deadly venom from poisonous sea snails could hold the key to developing new painkillers, says a study. 
They got, well, we actually we need something about antibiotics because the antibiotic resistant stuff because people take antibiotics for everything and no one finishes what they get. Stop it. Cone snails are some of the deadliest creatures to roam the oceans. They extend a long, flexible, grody tube before firing a venom, venomous tooth. I'm sorry, but after we talked about Beta O'Rourke, I can't, I can't deal with anything else. Modified versions of venom could be used to block, plain, block pain receptors in humans, and it could offer a more effective and less addictive way to kill pain. These things are pretty wild looking. They're a cone snail has a harpoon-like tooth capable of injecting a potent neurotoxin, same way as Beto O'Rourke does with one of his teeths. Okay, so uh, moving on. UK says Russian forces accidentally shot down one of their own aircraft. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. The Russian forces have refused to carry out uh, orders and accidentally shot down one of their own craft, according to intel from the United Kingdom. Uh, Britain's government communications headquarters spy service alleged. They said that it increasingly looks like Putin has massively misjudged the situation. Perhaps, although Biden's now saying, oh, oh no, he didn't misjudge nothing. He's at odds with intel, but I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Your chicken tenders are apparently not supposed to be a police matter. So, this is uh, a story from The Smoking Gun that talks about how people continually call 911 in in Cleveland, Ohio, over KFC tenders. The latest situation was on Tuesday when a woman named Lisa Castro called 911 to report being upset. She only got four tendies instead of eight and said that they won't give her the rest of the chicken. The 62-year-old woman who lives about two miles from KFC asked for an officer to be dispatched, said saying she'd be waiting in a Dodge SUV. Upon arriving at the KFC, the officer tried to explain to her that this is not a police matter. No charges were filed. Normally, they file charges. The abuse of 911 system is a chargeable offense. But they've but apparently, this is like the third time this has happened. Like in this area over chick. I'm not exact. Like what is going on with people? I mean, I get it. Tendies is a serious deal. I get it. But, you know, you can't be calling the police over stuff like that, Lisa. Uh, Let's see. Chicago is being eyed as a potential host city for Democrats 2024 National Convention. And if the establishment's facing off against the socialist base, this is going to set up a perfect little storm of riots and all kinds of stuff. There you go. We got a lot more on the way. Don't miss a beat. Stick with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. If we stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators, we stand up for those what? who are are who are ready to unite. Wait, what? What? First off, welcome back to the show. Your lovable cynic, Dana Lash, here reporting for duty. The what haters? The bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators. We. Can I just get, I heard the bullies of the world, the autocrats and the what? Autocrats and dictators. We dictators. Did I hear that correctly? That's what he said. I really want to Google the definition of that, but I'm also terrified. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Can I hear it one more time, sir? And dictators. We How would you use this in a sentence? Shut up, Kane. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. 
<laughs> on trans on trans visibility. Shut up. Shut up. I've had I had surgery last week. I still have stitches. Don't do it. I will die on air. Some people will be happy and then I'll come back and haunt them and I'll possess them and yeet myself off a cliff. So don't the Dick Saters. Sally Tarvers says the Dick Saters. Trans Visibility Day. It's his stutter. Actually, it's because he's Irish. Or something. I don't know. I'm just... Dick Saters. Okay. Is it... I really want to be a brat and break this sentence down. I know. But I also have this other... Because the gifts just keep on giving... Here's another cut from this exact same Dick Sater's speech. Uh I mean, under my plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. If your home is powered by... So he wants everyone to go out and purchase an electric vehicle. The average cost of which is anywhere from like, what is it? 55 to a hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, the average cost, I think is like $57,000 base model. So $80 a month for an entire year. It's nine. Yeah. It's almost a thousand bucks. 160 something dollars. So wonder what a monthly payment. 960 something dollars versus 57,000. Look at all the savings. There's so much in savings. It's enough to make Dick Saters happy. <laughs> All the savings. <laughs> if you're too poor to pay for gas, then just spend $60,000 on an electric vehicle. I mean, uh, it makes all the sense in the world. Oh my God. Uh, hey, Kane, one more time, just for the people in the back. Where does the electric in the electric car come from? You mean coal-fired plants that'll be it thank you sir yeah, yeah. so yeah. everybody's pretty much screwed right yeah yeah he even, he even took questions and i had one queued up uh at this press conference and this also was another gem oh boy if you want to hear yeah, it. yeah i do okay Let's do it. Mr. President, how much in monetary terms that's a really important question, and there's no firm answer to it. But prices already came down when it was announced ahead of time that Biden was going to release so much and um, so much energy from uh, so many barrels of oil from the SPRO. They're already come down. My guess is we'll see it come down, continue to come Big down. dip down. Let's hear it. Um, but how far down? I don't think anyone can tell. And there's going to be a slight delay because if you go out there and you're a gas station and you purchased X amount of gas at a certain price, you're not going to lower the price of the pump until you're able to get back what you invested. And that I'm talking matter of, I think, you know, days and weeks. Yeah, so give us an estimate. But it's hard to tell. And the other thing is, exact, but it will come down. And it could come down fairly significantly. It could really? come down the better part of you know anything from 10 cents to... 35 cents a gallon. That's significant. 10 cents to 39 cents a gallon. All of the savings. Everybody just, you know what? Take your dime. Actually, 
take your 10 cents and turn it into 10 pennies so it seems like a lot more when you're making it rain at the club. What? <laughs> so just, I want to just real quickly today, this is what we, this is what we got. We got this guy, President McUnity Dixators, to save in 10 cents, go buy an electric car. We have such as Maps as our VP. And then we have... Uh, no, we got Mr. Uh, Dude Lady, uh, the U.S. Air Force, that deleted their tweet. To, they thought they could hide all the blowback, the ratio, and now they're getting ratioed predictably again. That's just today. Guys, that's just today. Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram. I don't even have to do anything. I just show up and react to stuff. That's all I got to do. Jiminy. So, uh, yeah, the average price, Ian Hayworth did the math, for an electric vehicle is approximately $56,437. So you'd make your money back after 705 months. So in 58 years, you'd realize those savings. This is just like that uh, meet the parents moment. It'll bloom in like uh, two years. Well, we'll enjoy that, Greg. Thanks so much. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what a hundred and oh, geez, this is so ridiculous. Just so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Ah, uh, so the um, savings for that. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be actually any savings for that. No. Not at all. I, uh, we are so screwed. Uh, and now we've got the, uh, what is it, the hundred and a third of our strategic petroleum reserve that'll be released. And they're all trying to blame it on Putin. But you have to remember what they said back during the campaign trail. It's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those, either any fossil fuel. Um, but, but kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree. But I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you. Okay? This is what he was saying on the campaign trail. And then he was talking about all of the, uh, the, the, the trans stuff. I wanted to read this great thread. Josh Dawes is a, uh, a, a pundit. He was on Twitter sharing this. I wanted to read this. He was talking about this meme where it's the bus driver and the symptoms saying, and it was saying, don't make me tap the sign. You know, it's not rocket science. They're just evil and they want to diddle kids. And Josh Dawes was saying, the left doesn't want to diddle kids. They want to create little revolutionaries. To do that, they need to sever the bond between students and the parents they believe they are raising uh, their children to be hateful bigots. In order to sever the bond between parents and children, the left is using a two-pronged approach. Critical race theory and radical gender ideology, properly known as queer theory, are not two unrelated sets of ideas. They're two parts of the same strategy. CRT is the first set of ideas introduced, and that's often enough to radicalize racial minorities, but it's merely a step one for white or white adjacent students. CRT instills in the students a negative self-identity as they're taught to believe they're recipients of enormous privilege that was stolen from others and that they're complicit in historic and ongoing justice. In child terms, they're taught to believe that they're bad. And apart from the shame and guilt, it also gives them a worldview at odds with the one parent, with the, their parents that they grew up with. And, and, they're try and they said step one is complete. 
Uh, CRT tears kids down, leaves them with a negative self-identity, and then queer theory is introduced and offers them a wide assortment of positive self-identities from which to choose. So instead of living with the shame and guilt of being a member of the oppressive dominant culture, these students can be celebrated for coming out as gender non-binary or pansexual. In an instant, these kids can trade their negative self-identity and all the accompanying guilt and shame of being an oppressor for a positive self-identity as a much venerated oppressed minority. At this point, the left desperately wants this new identity to stay at school, so it has time to be cemented before parents find out. In the guise of helping these students, schools withhold this information about their child's identity from mom and dad. And when parents find out, it's firmly in place, an adversarial relationship. It's a great thread. I'm going to put it in the email. But it gets into exactly how um, this is why Christians particularly need to reject CRT. But it is it's this is just it's literally it's a it's brainwashing. Oh, man, what a messed up world. This is why I have a piece that I'm working on um, that gets into how this how you there's certain things that you never, ever want to politicize science, health care and law. And so this judge that's been uh, proposed to the Supreme Court, which I think she'll I think she'll probably end up getting confirmed. But I actually, out of, I've always opposed, I've always been against, you know, the left's um, nominees, but more so against one than any other. And the reason being, she was asked, and you all remember this a couple of weeks ago, she was asked by Marsha Blackburn what a woman was. And she said, well, I'm not a biologist. She absolutely refused to identify a woman. And it wasn't that Brown can't identify what a woman is. It's that she refused to identify what a woman was. And if it was the former, if she really, you know, couldn't, then she's too damn stupid for a seat on the bench. And I don't just don't believe that that's the case. I mean, think about this. You got Title IX that could potentially come before the court. How could Brown make any determination on any case involving women without knowing what a woman is? And there's such a level of irony for the first black woman sitting for confirmation hearings and not even being able to define what a woman was. And when you think about the 19th Amendment, and discrimination against women it li- sex is literally listed as a prohibited basis for discrimination against women for voting rights um and and you have uh, and obviously i'm pro-life but you have abortion advocates that say that well the propensity for women to become pregnant means that gender equity they were they have a right to abortion etc at some point you know, Roe v. Wade and whether or not that should be overturned is going to come before the court. How can this woman claim a seat on the bench without even being able to define what a woman is? How is she going to lie, analyze these facts to be decided upon in cases that affect men and women, but women, if she can't even define a woman? And as it relates to overturning Roe v. Wade, if she can't even define the vessel carrying the child... This is what I think she is one of the weakest candidates ever because of this, because she's too afraid to take a stand. And that's really what all of this is about. We're at the point now where the people who can be who can be uh, fooled into buying all this crap, these people, they're going to be in lockstep. They're going to they're going to be fine with this as Democrat policy. But now the goal is to get uh, turn uh, have silence these other everybody else who does not, who knows what, you know, they know what science is, they know what fact is, they know what biology is, they know what chromosomes are, but it's to make people who know that, who know better, to make them fear repercussions so that they'll just stay silent. 
that's cowardice and it's weak. And interpretation and application of law, there's no room for cowardice, cowardice or, 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 or weakness in this. Democrats should be asked on record whether or not Judge Brown, whether or not they agree that a nominee who can't even define what a woman is should be stricken from consideration from the highest court of the land, a court that makes specific determinations relating to the very people Brown erases with her refusal to define what they are. I don't want no judge sitting on the bench that can't or won't define what a woman is. I think that that is immediately, you are immediately invalidated. And on that note, Republicans should hold the line on it. Democrats should be asked, if Republicans were smart, they would be getting every Democrat on record and they would be asking these questions. So how could Judge Brown uh, make a determination about overturning Roe v. Wade if she can't even define what a woman is? How do you feel about that? Can you go on record? Everybody, all these Democrats should be held and pressed to the record on this. Because this is stupid. At this point, this fantasy and this mockery of fact is going to affect your rights. Women are already being erased as it is. Now we have a Supreme Court justice nominee who's going to aid in that? Hell no. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And also sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse over at Substack. All kinds of good stuff that comes at you over there. And um, golly, this is just Thursday. We still have one more day to go. We've been uh, discussing just the latest with the energy and pulling up a couple of other. And apparently I shut down one thing that I didn't mean to. Uh, But I think tomorrow we have Chip Roy on, Congressman Chip Roy. Still confirmed. Uh, to discuss two things. Uh, The situation with Title 42 at the border, and then also this thing with passports. What is the thing, the the passport situation, uh, you can now apparently start including X as a gender option. It's going to be available in April. U.S. citizens can select gender-neutral X as a marker on their passport books starting April 11th. I remember this back in October last year, though. Yeah, but now it's this. like coming into into fruition. Crazy. But I still can't take anything over 3.4 ounces, right, for lotion? That's true. Okay, yeah. Jeez. So the State Department said they announced uh, last year they're going to move towards adding this. They didn't say when, but now there's already been one gender-neutral ex-passport issued. But they said, who is this? This is uh, their spokesperson, Jessica Stern. She is the U.S. Special Diplomatic Envoy for Alphabet Nation. And she said that it's a monumentous step. She said that uh, humans don't always fit within a male or female category around the world. Yeah, they do. This is unscientific. We'll talk about this tomorrow because Chip Roy has legislation on this. Kane today in stupidity. All right. Well, Biden is telling you that, you know, you just save 80 bucks a month by buying a $60,000 vehicle. Maxine Waters is telling homeless people to go home. Wilson. Did they move another, location? Another location where they're taking ass. No, is there no, any no. more locations no, than this no, one? No, no, no. There's so, so many people out here. I want everybody to go home. And I want We don't got no home. Yeah, she that's such limousine liberal stuff. They're just so out of touch. Yeah. There you go. Oh, boy. Folks, that does it for us today. Tomorrow is Friday. You don't want to miss. Have a great evening. Back with you tomorrow.